Hello and welcome to Horrific Tales. In this show we celebrate the works of independent authors and aspiring writers. Please like and subscribe and share these episodes so we can give our talented friends as much exposure as possible. We would also appreciate it if you can support our artists by following them on their individual platforms and by purchasing their works. Details on how to do this are in the episode description. Today's horrific tale is an independent piece submitted to us by the wonderfully talented Vanessa Rowan. Come join us now as we present to you, Lisa. Annabelle and Louie give the Old Crow Brewing Company two thumbs up. We created this diversion about two years ago and have continued it with its present place. We pretend to be food critics. We go to new places to eat and order what we will and then critique between ourselves our experience. The drinks, the service, the food, all of it. Even the other people dining. Louis always makes it a point to order the pub pretzels at each pub we happen to end up at and then compare them. The salted soft pretzels come in various styles, shapes and seasons paired with different sauces. Some of the pretzels come in baskets neatly sliced like a nice loaf of bread. Others come rolled in great braids or are served classically in the usual form. Tonight he ordered the pub pretzels and the charcuterie board as appetizers and Louis coupled the pretzels with queso and honey mustard sauce. I remember when we first entered the building the cold breathy air chased us towards the bright light and warmth of the wooden pub door. We were instantly warmed by the fireplace of the foyer and we went up to the desk where there was a Please wait to be seated, sign. A woman dressed in black with a perfectly white smile and a short blonde bob cut greeted us and informed us of the 20 minute wait. There's one strike, said Louis, low and playfully to me, as he was getting ready to dive into food full critic mode. She directed us to the bars on different levels of the building where we could wait until we could be seated. We walked up a story of wide brown, thickly handled stairs that you could tell had just been dusted due to the way that they shined. Once we reached the next level, there was a large bar to our left and to our right was a chess room with a square table and built-in board on it and two stools. Old Crow, you gain a point, I said to Louis as I eyed the chess table and the cosy room. We walked to the bar. It was a Friday night and the place was full of bodies. I approached the tall gentleman behind the bar who was drying a glass and I requested a drink list. Louis and I observed the list thoroughly and weren't very impressed until both of our eyes landed on the same thing. Apparently, as we both decided on the winter solstice season, we were served promptly despite the number of guests and we ventured with our drinks towards the cosy game room. Another point given, said Louis pleased. We had no place to hang our coats, which is only half a point taken off. We sat and started to play a round of chess. It had been so long for Louis since he had last played that he barely remembered how to set up the pieces on the board. I aided him and then we began, making jokes one towards the other and enjoying the eels. A game within a game. Finally we were called to our table. It had taken half an hour rather than the original twenty and a point was both taken for the time taken and given for the game room that we so much enjoyed. We were seated and then tended to by an overweight waitress with an outdated hairstyle and a snout of a nose. Minus one point, joked Louis immediately, his blue eyes gleaming mischievously. I protested at first, then she spoke. 
her droning and lifeless voice had us both taken a point away. It came across as a shock in contrast to the pleasant hostess at the entrance. That's how you'll suck you in, Louis laughed, and we both chuckled heartily at close to nothing, the saison warming us. The pub pretzel ritual, the rest of the dinner and the experience tallied up and down, pluses and minuses. We both lost track in accurate calculation at some point, and we left feeling full and happy, thus our rating. Two thumbs up. The snowflakes fell softly outside on the way to the car. The town's wintry night looked like a scene from a snowblower, and we trailed slowly down the slick roads. When we reached our destination, Louis popped out of the car for an after-drink cigarette, while I started to walk towards the house. It was then that I realised I had forgotten my keys. Louis stood by the car and I could see his tall, broad body as a silhouette, and a cloud of both breath and smoke seared through the white powder falling. Before I could call for him, I felt someone else watching me. I spied the perpetrator throughout my peripheral. A very thin man, average in height, with large round glasses was eyeing me from a separate parking lot. As I turned my head to see better, the assumed parking lot was more of an alley, and the prematurely balding man with brown tufts of hair on sides of his head was walking towards me. Simultaneously, Louis had put out a cigarette, and he started towards me as well. The man must not have seen Louis, as he looked surprised to see him there as he reached me. He played off the surprise with a smile. Can I get some help? he asked, his 80s blazer reflecting the dim lampposts that lined the street. Soon they would be turned off as it was nearing midnight. Before I could reply, Louise answered with a blunt, What? He left the question as an introduction for the man to explain more of his situation. The man's brows lowered, looking concerned, and the corners of his lips lowered as well with deep creases on each side of his mouth. This left a pathetic scowl on his middle-aged face. Please, I need someone to hold the latch from the inside of my car so that I can unlatch it from the outside. For some reason, flashes of Ted Bundy luring his victims with his falsely casted arm, and visions of Buffalo Bill from the sounds of the lambs ran through my mind. I laughed at myself, and as if he could read my thoughts, Louis responded jestfully. I'm pretty sure I've seen this in a movie before, so I'm going to have to say no. The man threw up his hands with all ten digits pointing up in the air. The gesture exclaimed, You caught me. He started to back away, but then the cold air blew so harshly that it stopped the man in his steps, causing him to bow with his thin back arching like a cat's to defend itself from the chill. He blew on his black gloved hands and pulled his thin blazer closer to his small frame. It was this cold air that melted us. Louis said, Hey bud, it was a joke. Where's your car? Let's see what we can do. I smiled at Louis's kindness, and the three of us were the alley. There was an old beater sitting there with metal car parts and tools that made snow angels around the vehicle in soiling white, and I could see that the man had been there for a time. It looked as though he was struggling in the cold. The back seat had been folded up, so that the trunk was exposed, as was the latch that was stuck. If you could get on in there, one of you should be able to grab it while I get it from out here. Inspired by Louis's kind actions, and wanting to get the job done quickly, I volunteered to climb in. I was the smallest of the three, and felt that I could slide in more efficiently. I walked towards the back seat. Before I got into the car, I saw Louis and the man standing side by side at the trunk of the car, 
watching me and chatting casually. I knelt on one knee and lowered myself into the seat. Then I squeezed myself towards the latch at the other end of the trunk. I couldn't see much, so I let my hand sift through the wall of the trunk and followed my fingers through the darkness. I traced the wall of the trunk and followed my fingers towards the latch. My fingers landed on something foreign. I at first detected the web of something soft and stringy, and then I realised that I was clawing a handful of human hair. My heart boomed in my chest and panic let loose inside of me. This isn't happening. I started to climb back out of the trunk hurriedly, but a sharp pain panged in my lower right leg and stopped me in my place. I had been stabbed right behind my shin. I screamed in pain. The man grabbed me by the collar of my buttoned-up coat and hair and lifted me swiftly towards him to muffle the sounds of my screams with his hand on the cloth. Outside of the car, I saw an imprint on the ground of where Louis was standing prior, and now there he was, lying dead on the ground. The man took his hand and crushed my jaw, and then he duct-taped my hands, feet and mouth, and then threw me into the back of his trunk like luggage. The seat lifted back up, and he sealed me into the black box. The human hair I had got caught in earlier was now smothering my face, and I vomited in my own mouth, as I could no longer open it, as I realised I was being pressed into the corpse of a small girl. Her hair kept getting stuck in my eyes and nostrils, and the smell was unbelievable. Plasma, dirt and rust fumed everywhere. I felt the vibration of the car move throughout my entirety with a buzz, and I could feel the road beneath us moving. I tried to lift my head, but it either hit the corpse or the roof. I cried alone in my little black box. The ride seemed to last for hours. How was it that life could go from being so normal to completely insane in one instance? My face tingled to numb, and I started to hyperventilate as my mind raced with thought. How do I get out of this? What do I do? What happened to Louis? Why didn't we ever agree to help this person? I should have trusted my intuition. I could feel the terrain of the road change below me from smooth to bumpy. Never had I felt so alone, although I wasn't ever really. The little girl was here with me, sleeping next to me. I had to think to myself that she was just a child, sleeping, so that my anxiety didn't overwhelm me. She's just a child, a smelly, sleeping child. I'll call her Lisa. The car jerked to a sudden stop, and I could hear and feel the door slam, and then nothing. Lisa and I laid in the dark and waited together. What atrocities lay before me in the next few moments? I had read stories and accounts of abductees before, and they all raced through my mind at once. Will I be held hostage with Lisa until I become a corpse too? So then this lonely little man would finally have a family that wouldn't leave him? Will I be chained to the wall like an animal and be raped and tortured until I die? Would I be killed quickly or sold as a sex slave in another country? How much suffering is to come? What is going to become of me? Where is Louis? All of these thoughts continued to race, and then I heard the trunk click, and the lid slowly being opened. The light started to stream through the black box, and I awaited the face of my captor. My eyes first rested on Lisa and her dried, bloody blonde mane, and stained skin. I squeezed my eyes shut. I heard and felt the trunk door completely open, 
and prepared myself to see the man would again. Slowly, I opened my eyes. Baby, wake up, Louise said, shaking me gently. What? Uh, where's the trunk? Where's Lisa? I asked groggily and confused. Who's Lisa? He sniggered. You're cut off. I'm never taking you drinking again. We were standing outside and a man asked us for help. And when I turned him down, you got so angry with me. You marched into the house and passed out. And wouldn't talk to me to save a life. My body relaxed with reassurance. Ever since the night of that dream, I wondered about the possibility of there being multiple timelines to every event that we cross. Maybe a me in a different dimension was still there in the trunk, while another me assaulted my captor and escaped, and yet another me was drunk with Louis in his loft. Is it possible the part of me is still in that hell, being tortured in that dream world, and that another part of me is here, lying safely with you? I asked Louis. I don't know, baby. Sounds like a crazy dream to me. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our latest horrific tale. If you want to keep up to date with future episodes, then subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page. Please also take a moment to support our contributing artists who very kindly lend their talents to this show. Check out the links in the description how you can do this. Until next time my friends, keep it creepy, keep it horrific.